Effective Living with Reverend Henry Hubert. May you be blessed as you listen. Now, the message. Lord, you I want to continue my teaching, the Jesus model of increase. The Jesus model of increase. And um, we've been reading from the book of Luke chapter 2, verse 52. It says, and Jesus increased in wisdom, in stature, and in favor with God and man. The Bible was very, very emphatic. The Bible was very specific about these three areas of Jesus' life where there was significant increase. That means that in this year of increase, three areas of your life that you need to ensure that you enhance and you see significant increase is wisdom, is in stature, and in favor. I believe that if these three areas of your life sees increase, it will affect every area of your life. It will affect your progress in life. It will affect your success in life. It will make your heart desire come into manifestation in a very significant way. We've looked at how to increase in wisdom. Today, I want to continue teaching on stature. Everybody says stature. The Bible says Jesus increased in stature. And I define stature as height or status. That is the literal definition. In other words, when you look into the dictionary, the word stature means height or status. But in the Bible, the usage of the word stature actually means maturity, level of authority, and ranking. Your maturity, your level of authority, and your ranking. I thought that there are two dimensions of stature. The first one is your spiritual stature. And it's important from my teaching that every child of God must understand that you are a spirit being and you have a soul and you live in a body. You are not a human being who is trying to be spiritual. You are a spirit and you live in a body. And so your spiritual stature is very important. You must increase in spiritual stature because the spirit controls the physical. For you to master control in the affairs of life, your spiritual stature is very significant. But stature is not only spiritual, it's also physical. So today, I want us to study about physical stature. So when we talk about physical stature, what do we mean? Physical stature refers to your outward structure. Your outward structure. What is visible about you is your physical stature. The features that are so obvious and visible, that when people look at you, they can see it, constitutes your physical stature. Now, Someone will say, Pastor, what is so important about what is visible about me and, and what is important about how I look? What is so important about that? In the book of John chapter 3, we learn that your physical stature gives people impressions about who you are. Impressions. Impressions. So we read the book of John chapter 3, verse 1. It said, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. Why did he come by night? Because there was widespread 
propaganda from the Pharisees that Jesus was not the son of God and that Jesus was not a godly person. And Nicodemus was a Pharisee. And to come to Jesus in, during the day will mean that he is violating the very thing that they are communicating. So he came in the night. And when he came to Jesus, he said to him, he said, we know. What, what does it mean by we? Majority of us. We've watched you. We've studied you. And we have come to a conclusion that you are a teacher that comes from God. And he said, the reason why we come to this conclusion is that no one can do the things that you are doing unless God is with him. So perception is very important. Research has found out that people form their perceptions about you 10 seconds after they've met you for the first time. People form their impression about who you are just 10 seconds after they've met you for the first time. And what if that person meeting you for the first time carries a blessing for you? What if that person who is meeting you for the first time has a door he needs to open in your life? What if that person meeting you for the first time has a key to, to unlock certain doors and bring you to some dimension of blessing? In the book of First Samuel, we see how powerful impressions are. You know, many times I've met people say, me, I don't care what people think about me. You need to care. I tell you, you are very, very deceived. You need to care. Yeah, you need to care how people think about you. You need to even care what people say about you. Only you don't have to let what people say about you affect you, but you need to care what they say. Because there's a reason why they say what they say. Impressions are very powerful. Oh, God is, is my helper. He will bless me. He will, yes, but he will use people. So, Pastor, don't worry. God is in control. He will bless me. Yes, he will bless you through people. That promotion you need will come from your boss. There's nothing you can do about it. And so, impressions are very important. Everybody say impressions. Say it one more time. Say impression. First Samuel 16, verse 17 and 18. So Saul said to his servants, Saul said to his servants, provide me now a man who can play well and bring him to me. So in this scripture is telling us nobody's name was mentioned. It was an open vacancy. Nobody's name was attached to this opportunity. There was an open door in the palace. And when we talk about the palace, then we are talking about wealth and prosperity. Because what you do is as important as where you do it. What you do is as important as where you do it. If you are a barber in the Flagstaff house, your bank balance will not be the same as a barber in Clagon. So you can say, oh, it's just barbering. But it matters where you are barbering and whose head you are barbering. So the head of state, Saul, the king, he said, look through the whole nation and get me somebody who can meet my expectations. Verse 18 is very powerful. Then one of the servants answered and said, look, I have seen a son of Jesse. So this guy said, I have noticed somebody. I have noticed somebody. I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite. He is skillful in playing, a mighty man of valor. A man of war. A mighty man of valor means very courageous. And it's a great, a man of great conquest. A mighty man of war. That means a great fighter. Prudent in speech. That means he doesn't talk by heart. He doesn't talk anyhow. Your talking alone can remove all your favor in a second. Prudent in speech. And a handsome person. In fact, this guy said, 
Even the way he looks is impressive. So tell me, I don't care how people think about me. Everyone who is married here, ask your spouse. Did your appearance matter his decision to marry you? Ask your spouse. It didn't matter how much you prayed. There's something about your appearance that makes somebody said, I like this guy or I hate this guy. He, he is a handsome person and the Lord is with him. Somebody noticed David and was able to clearly and specifically outline certain obvious features that were so visible about his life. This morning, I came to tell somebody, people watch you. People watch you. Every time people are watching you. Enemies watch you. Loved ones watch you. Friends watch you. People who don't even care about you, they still watch you. And in the day that it matters most, the impressions people have about you determines how they treat you. People treat you according to how they perceive you. Let me say that again. Every treatment you get in this life is a result of the perception that people have about you. At your workplace, how you are treated is a result of perception. In your house, how you are treated. In your family, the way you are treated. Even in church, the way you are treated is a result of the perception. So there is a lot of opportunity out there. But it takes somebody to say, oh, that guy is good. He can do it. Or, hey, be careful with that guy. And sometimes you get to find out that 90% of the time, nobody makes a decision about you without talking to somebody else. I'll say that again. 90% of the time, people don't make any decision about you until they talk to somebody else. Your boss, before he promotes you, he may talk to somebody. Every young man will tell you, before a young man will get up, tell a lady, will you marry me? He will talk to his friend. What do you think about that lady? Oh, she's a good girl. Hey, be careful. That's trouble. If a biz, if before somebody will sign a contract with you, who doesn't know you before? He will talk to somebody else. He will take his phone and call. He said, do you know somebody by the name this? What do you think about him? Everybody will make decisions about you 90% of the time after they've spoken with people. So physical stature is as important as spiritual stature. The way you carry yourself about is very important. David had, had certain qualities that was visible. One day I heard Dr. Otabel said, God looks at your heart. No, he said, let me say it better. He said, only God sees your heart. Every other person else sees what you do. So you can be standing there and say, oh, me, I know my heart is clean. Only God sees your heart. The rest of us, we can't see your heart. Whether it's clean, dirty, we don't know. All we see is the way you behave. The way you behave. From the way you walk, to the way you talk, to the way you eat. <laughs> you know, sometimes people test, you know, great people when they want to go into contract with people, especially business people, they do it in the restaurant over lunch. Especially if they don't know you very well. The way you handle the food would tell the man, this guy is a credible business partner or this guy is a dangerous person. The way you eat alone, that you eat like today is the la your last chance. You must finish everything. And ask the people, parcel some for me, let me carry home. As you are carrying that parcel, you have walked away from favor. <laughs> Somebody say, God help me. <laughs> so let's look at physical stature. Very important. Physical stature has three aspects. Three aspects. Number one, your physical appearance. Number two, your physical health. Number three, your personal composure. So let's look at physical appearance. The book of 1 Corinthians 6, 19. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20. It says, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? 
For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Do you not know that your body is the temple of God? Tell your neighbor and tell him your body is God's temple. That means your body is not something you treat lightly. Your body is a precious thing. It's a valuable thing. You cannot treat it anyhow. He said, glorify God in your body and also in your spirits. Because they both belong to God. So when we become Christians, it's important for you to understand. Favor doesn't just happen. The late Archbishop Ben Snidahosa, he said, the way you dress determines how you are addressed. The way you dress determines how you are addressed. I mean, is it not amazing that today our MC commended the singers for how they look? Is it not amazing? If you look good, people can't help it. They may not like you, but they can't help it. I was listening to Uncle Bo White. Most of you know him. Great author. He said he was traveling from Accra to Tamale one day. When he was going, he, he wore white shirt, long sleeve with a tie and a jacket because he was going to speak in a program. No, I think it was Accra to Kumasi, not Accra to Tamale. Going to speak in Kumasi. And every checkpoint, the police just, yes, sir, go. Then when he was done with the program, when he was returning, because he was done, he wore T-shirts which is nice t-shirts. Same places they said, yes, sir. They stopped him. Check, open your boots. You know, so I was wondering, but you people, I passed yesterday. Same, it is the same me, same car. They said that was the day he decided that he will not play with his dressing anymore. You know the important thing about dressing? The book of 1 Samuel 16, 1 Samuel 16 from, I think, verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance. Or at his physical what? Stature. So there's something called physical stature. Amen. Now, why did God say to Samuel, do not look at his physical stature? Because Samuel was looking at his physical stature. I want to say to you that even men of God, when we are ministering, the way you dress affects how we minister. Because we are human. Samuel was a prophet. At least. Not at my level. A thousand times greater than my level. And yet... Because he's human, he was looking at what? Physical stature, which includes what? His appearance. Do not look at his appearance. So this morning, I want to tell you that people look at your appearance. He said, for the Lord does not see as man sees. For men look at what? Uh-huh. And you are not in heaven for your information. You are still on earth and you, and you live among men. Your customers are human beings. Your employer is a human being. The people you deal with, they are human beings. And as long as you live with people, appearance should matter to you. Otherwise, you have missed your way. Your appearance. Only God sees the heart. So what are we saying today? Don't neglect your spiritual life. But don't also neglect your physical appearance. There has to be balance. There has to be a balance between your spiritual life and your physical. Why? Because God is looking at your spirit. Men are looking at your appearance. And when God wanted to make you, David a king, he used a human being in the name of Samuel. So the day God will lift you, he will use people. And the people are coming and they are looking first at your physical stature, which among other things includes your appearance. Don't be happy that you have a pure heart. I can bet you that pure heart may not take you far. Nobody marries spirits. People marry human beings. So we go to verse 11. Verse 11. And Samuel said to Jesse, 
Are all the young men here? Then Jesse said, There remains yet the youngest. And there he is, keeping the sheep. I want you to take notice of this. David was not in the house when the prophet came. He was in the bush taking care of sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. Verse 12. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy. Ruddy means reddish in color. That means David was more reddish than his other brothers. And there are things you can't do anything about, can you? No, you are not responsible for your complexion. Some people are dark. Some people are darker. Some people are fair. Some people are fairer. There are things you can't do anything about. But there are things you can do something about. Look at this. David, he was ruddy with bright eyes. That means he put on a good face. He does not frown. David was reddish. If we had other versions, you see that the word ruddy means reddish. That you cannot do anything about. But your smile, you can do something about it. And let me suggest to people, even your frown can eliminate you somewhere. Oh, Lord, help us in the year of increase. <laughs> so me, that's how I am. I don't smile. You better change. You don't know. Yeah, you better change. David had bright eyes, not dull eyes. Smile. What's wrong with you? Smile. God is good. Don't behave like you are the one carrying all the burden of the world. Eh? You are the one carrying all the problem of the world on your shoulder. No. Don't behave like your problem is the biggest in the world. Smile. Yeah, he had bright eyes. And look at the, the third one. He was good looking. Can a shepherd in the bush still be good looking? Yes. Because dressing is an attitude. Dressing is an attitude. It's of your mind. It's of the mind. It happens first in your mind before it happens what you wear. And let me talk to somebody this morning. You, know, you, you don't know the day of your opportunity. So better dress well every day. Listen, David did not have a clue that that day a prophet was coming to look for him. Number two, you never know who you meet. So dress well everywhere you are going. Also, this one is just, a, you know, I just buying something by the roadside. You, then you meet the person. You never know where you meet some of the most important people in your life. In fact, some of you can, you can agree with me. It has happened to all of us that, that there was a day you met somebody you, you hide. How many witnesses do I have here? He said, no, 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 no. No, this one, you must not see me. Quickly, you balance. Why were you hiding? Now, it's, an important, it's not that you hate the person, but why did you hide? Because you know that the way you were before you left home is not impressive. So this is what happened to David. David said, Daddy, I'm, I'm going to the bush with the sheep and come. And yet he was good looking. And yet, it's not, it's not about where you are. It's a mindset. It's a mindset. This attitude of look not only at Christmas, I mean, it's for children. Who, when you grow up, you, should, you should, should deliver yourself from that childish attitude. You never know who you are going to meet. Please. This year, dress every day waiting for your opportunity. Said so When you wake up, Tell yourself, this is the day the Lord has made. I'm waiting for my blessing. I don't, I don't know who I'm meeting today. I'm going to look good. And I'm going to look good. And I'm going to look good. And I'm not going to apologize about it. When people say, oh, as for you every day, you are doing chin trying, chin trying, chin trying. Tell them it's my day of opportunity. I'm looking up to my opportunity. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. The Bible said they called, they called David from the bush, leave the sheep. Your daddy want to see you. And yet when he showed up, he was good looking. Even if your job is to take care of sheep, please be good looking. 
be good looking. Yeah, be good looking no matter your profession. All these things that if you are a fitter, then you must look dirty. That's a sign that you are a good fitter. I'm sorry. It is all deception. You can be a good mechanic and still look decent. Yeah. In the kitchen, you can still look good. You can still look good and decent. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is the one. May the Lord bring you to contact with the people who will open the next door in your life. May the Lord bring you to contact with people that will lift you up into your next level. In the name of Jesus, I see God bringing people. Listen, I mean, don't, don't let anybody deceive you. Oh, it doesn't matter what happened. When God said he would do it, he would do it. I'm sorry, it's not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. If God wants to do it, he will use people. And as long as God is using people, impressions are very important. Now, let me explain. Let me clarify. When we talk about appearance, we are not necessarily implying expensive dressing. No. You don't need to look expensive to look good. In fact, you can look expensive and ugly. You can spend $1,000 on clothing and still look very, very shabby. Decent dressing. Decent dressing. From today. Somebody say from today. I said somebody say from today. Never wear any dress out without ironing it. Leave that right and say, I promise. Oh, why are you laughing? <laughs> we are talking about blessing. Hey, we are talking about blessing. Is it not the blessing? You don't you say you need blessing? I'm teaching you blessing. Jesus increased in stature. So you must increase in stature. It means at home, wear anything. But the moment you are stepping out of home, even if you're buying something in the next house, look nice. Because it is a habit you must develop to the point where it becomes part of your life. If you say, oh, it's just here, I wear anything. You cannot break free from that life. Let it become part of you. Iron everything you wear out. That ironing alone can make a difference between where you are now and where you want to be. Just ironing that shirt. You won't believe it. You won't believe it. So, I am not talking about expensive dressing. I am talking about decent dressing. And I want to challenge everybody. Go and study a little bit more about dressing. Because we're not all born knowing everything about dressing. You need to know the kind of dresses that fit you. Not everything you see nice on somebody will fit you. Pay your height, your size, whether you are slim or fat, even your complexion determines that some dresses will not fit you. It will not look good on you. Some dresses look good on you. So you have to study the dynamics of dressing a little bit. Because when you study dressing a little bit, you see, you see people certain things out. You see that this thing is not for town. It's for the house. I'm talking about the ladies especially. You see, there are dresses for home. Okay? Because you are home. You are a married woman. Your husband needs to see that you are pretty and, and beautiful. So some dresses are done to make you look pretty despite your age. Listen, Sarah was 65 when a king was still chasing her. 65 years. Charlie, the lady knows how to look nice. Hey, Abraham said, my dear, you know that the way you look, if we don't lie, I'll die. Abraham was 75. Sarah was 65. Brother Samson. If Abraham had not lied, he would have died for a 65-year-old woman. That, mean, that means she was really hot. 
<laughs> you know, some people, by the time they are 50, it's trouble. When you study dressing, you know that some dresses are for the house. Some are for outside. Dressing starts with from your head to toe, from your head to your feet. That means starting with your hairstyle. Take good care of your hair. It's not about how expensive your hair is. It just has to look nice. Take good care of your hair. Don't just leave your hair looking horrible and frightening. Somebody can just be scared of you just because of your hair. As you are coming, he's, he's taking cover because your hair is scary. You look like a terrorist. So the Bible said about Joseph. One day Joseph was in prison praying, Lord, remember me. Don't let me die here. Lord, don't leave me like this forever. Something has happened. One day he heard, Joseph, who is Joseph? Joseph said, I'm the one. He said, the king wants you right now. He said, thank God. Why does the king want me? Oh, somebody said you can interpret dreams. The king has a dream. Nobody can interpret. Joseph said, thank God, my day has come. May your day come like that. But do you know what Joseph did? The Bible said, then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him quickly out of the dungeon. And he shaved. Appearance is important too. It was not the skill alone that built out. His appearance also was important. I'm talking about Joseph. He shaved. And what? Changed his... Joseph said, I'm not going to appear there like a prisoner. I'm going to appear there like a consultant. Prisoners and consultants, they don't look the same. And then he, he did what? And he came to Pharaoh. His appearance. He shaved. This is for the young guys. The way you leave your beard sometimes, as if you are the younger brother of Osama bin Laden. I am not against growing beer. But if you want to grow beer, trim it, do it nice. Go to the salon. Let the barber work on it. Let it look in. Don't just leave it and say, wow, I'm using it to frighten people. I'm telling you, you are frightening all your destiny helpers away. <laughs> so dressing. Thirteen about, about physical appearance, your body shape. Don't just leave your body to get any how. You control your shape. Let me leave it there. I don't want to talk too much about that. You take control over your shape. You know, when you, when you get to people's home and you see the wedding pictures, you'll be surprised. You see slim, cute lady. But then you see the reality. You get disappointed. <laughs> the picture is nice. The, the reality is, you start asking questions like, how come? Then your smell. There's, a, there's an importance to your smell. Let me say, your body is a temple of God, but your body smells. If you don't take good care of it. Why does our body smell? Because of our sweat. When you sweat, sweat that is dried up produces bad odor. Sometimes you may not be hearing it, but others, unfortunately, will hear it. This means bathing is very important to your physical stature. Let me hear a big amen. Those of you who don't believe in bathing, like if you feel bathing is not part of your calling, I came to announce to you that the more you refuse to bath, you are accumulating the level of your bad odor. So, minimum of twice a day. I think some people don't church today because of what I'm preaching. Because every member needs to hear this. Minimum of what? Do your fingers like this. Twice a day. Don't just look good when you are going out. Bath when you are going out. And then, let me talk about the importance of deodorants. I think using lime is a cake. Yes, it's a cake. Get very good deodorants and buy spray. Buy a perfume. Everybody here, listen, what I'm saying, 
is very important for you where you are going in life. Buy what? A perfume. Use perfume every day. People just like you when you smell good. You may look good as you are coming. Wow, it looks good. But as you get close, the scent that you produce can just make somebody's smile turn into a frown. So don't just look good. Smell good. Another thing, anytime you eat, brush your teeth. I'll say it again. Anytime you eat, do what? Now, say, Pastor, why? Because when you eat leftover food particles in your mouth, bacteria reacts on it in the mouth when your mouth is closed. And anytime bacteria react on food particles, it produces bad odor. So you can have a very good smell right now until you just eat. And in a few minutes' time, everything can change about your mouth. And you can meet people and when you open them and say, good morning, the meeting is over. <laughs> Apart from your body, do what? Take good care of your mouth. You say, Pastor, does it mean if I eat five times a day? Why should you eat five times a day in the first place? Why should you eat five times? I mean, what kind of human being are you? How, how many times will you eat in a day? So, brush your teeth. One of the things I do now is that in my, my laptop bag, I have toothpaste and toothbrush everywhere I'm going. If I eat in the office, I, I brush my teeth, unless I'm not seeing anybody. For instance, if you are home with yourself alone, with nobody to worry, you can leave it like that. I don't mind. Sometimes even your spouse doesn't need to keep hearing that bad smell. You are just irritating him or her. You are just worrying your spouse. Sometimes the reason why your wife doesn't want to kiss you is because hmm, kiss no, is full of irri- irritation. Every married man here, before you kiss your wife, brush your teeth. Say, I hear. Mm-hmm. Are we learning something today? Yeah. Fiscal stature, your appearance. Number two, your health. Your health. Third John 1, 2, he said, he said, Beloved, I wish above all things that what? You prosper and, and be in good health. Good health. Let me say that health is very important. So before you pursue money, make sure your health is good. Otherwise, all the money will go into paying for, for your health. You cannot enjoy any night staying when you are sick. You cannot enjoy a good house when you are sick. You cannot enjoy your marriage when you are sick. You cannot even enjoy your promotion when you are sick. In fact, sometimes you can get a good job and yet you can't even go to work because you are sick. So part of fulfilling your assignment and your calling and your destiny in life is that you must of necessity have good health all the time. I wish about all things that you may prosper and be in good health. Be in good health. So, you know, when I went to Israel, I was just looking at the whole country. And I said, there was no car in the days of Jesus. No wonder Jesus was doing his work in his 30s. Because everything was about walking. And sick people can't do the kind of work Jesus did. Walking every day from Galilee to Jericho, from, to Samaria, then to Jerusalem, to Bethlehem. To this place and that place. And what? You know, Israel is so, uh, such a mountainous area. Every place you have to climb something. Walking like that and preaching. And not, don't talk, even talk about the climate in the afternoons. Very hot. Walking up and down. You need to be healthy. Amen? And health is answerable to, number one, what you eat. What you eat. Number two, how you eat. That's why I asked the question. How many times do you want to eat in a day? To be healthy, you need to know the right things to eat and how you eat. 
I cannot talk much about that. You need to read more about it. When we talk about health, we're also looking at your fitness. You see, there's a difference between health and fitness. Some people are healthy, but they are not fit. Fitness means you are strong. That means you can work a lot without getting tired. Fitness. Now, every two minutes, oh, me sissy, ah, me woo, you know? No, 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 no. You must be fit. You must be fit. You must be strong and healthy. Because there's a level of blessing. If God is bringing you to some level of blessing, you cannot be lazy. There's a, a realm of responsibility. When God brings you into it, you cannot be sleeping eight hours in a day and do two hours during the afternoon to add to it. That is complete laziness. That is complete registration for failure. You must work and work and work. And when you are tired, you rest a little and continue to work. You must be fit and strong. You must have stamina. Your energy level must be good. It's all part of, you see, I've seen people with opportunity, but you see, they just can't manage it. Why? Laziness. That's why exercise is very important. I walk five kilometers every day except Sundays. Except Sundays. Five kilometers. That's why I preach two services and have meetings upon meetings. Do you know when I woke up today, 1 a.m.? I slept three hours, but I'm not tired. Some of you slept eight hours, but you will still sleep during my preaching before I close. You, you watch and see. Before you realize you have started dozing. I slept three hours today. And I'll leave here by 5 to 6 p.m. And I'm fine. Success is not for lazy people. You must be fit. You must be healthy. You must be, even if I'm fasting, I walk for an hour. And when I walk for an hour, it's five kilometers. Yeah, I've timed it. I've assessed it. So all these things, Pastor, I'm working. That's why I couldn't fast. You know, it's a lie. So take a walk. I said you should do what? Everybody this year you are going to walk. You have to walk. get out of your home a particular time of the day and walk. Just do what? Walk. What is it about walking that is difficult for you to understand? Just walk. Yeah, it's a pastor. I don't have time to go to the gym. I'm not saying go to the gym. I'm saying just walk. Just wear something smart. Get some sneakers or trainers and walk. 30 minutes, 45 minutes and come back home and take a, take a bath. I wish I had time to talk about this, but let's talk about the last one, your personal composure. Personal composure. Your personal composure refers to two important things, and I want to talk about it. But this is part of, the most important part of the message, and I'm praying that you will get it. I know you will get it. Personal composure is talking about your self-esteem, and then your confidence, two things. Your self-esteem, everyone says self-esteem, and confidence. Why is self-esteem important? Why is confidence important? Because people see it. It is something that is visible. So what is self-esteem? Self-esteem simply means personal respect. What respect you have for yourself. Self-esteem also means self-love. How well you appreciate and you celebrate your difference and your uniqueness. How well you come to the place of understanding that, hey, this is me and I'm created by God, unique and different. And I don't need to be like somebody else to be important. Self-esteem. Now, People who have low self-esteem do not feel adequate by themselves. They don't feel adequate in themselves. They have what we call inferiority complex. And listen, you can be a great person, and yet your inferiority complex would drive you into failure. The most common example for me was Michael Jackson. People idolized him. People celebrated him. People admired him. I've watched videos where Michael Jackson touched somebody, like... One of the fans in a, in a concert, the person was so excited, he started crying. He was so excited, like, what? 
He touched my hands. And yet, this guy never was satisfied with himself. He never felt good about himself. He never felt good about himself. That is low self-esteem. You don't feel good about yourself. How do you know people have low self-esteem? They look for external things to validate themselves, like recognition, like titles, position. What makes you great is not your title, is not your position, is not recognition, is not how many people clap for you. Now, if you are waiting for somebody to clap for you before you feel important, eh, you are in trouble because not everybody is happy every day. That's a day you did well. But Charlie, that day, I'm in a bad mood. What can you do about it? You want me to clap for you to feel important? You need to come to the place of understanding that when Jesus came into your life, your life changed. When Jesus comes into your life, your life has changed. You have become a child of God. And when you become a child of God, you have become a precious, valuable person. Your family background is not important. Your qualification is not important. Who you know, who you don't know is not important. All that matters is that you are now the child of the almighty God. You know, David said something about himself. You know, today we said a lot about David. He looked good. He had very good physical stature. Let me tell the secret behind it. Psalm 139 verse 14, he said, I will praise you, O Lord, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Then he didn't end there. He said, this my soul knows it very well. I'm praying for everybody today that you have a revelation. Listen, this is somebody who was born out of wedlock. David was born by mistake for information. He was not the mistress of the house who gave birth. The father went to play something and then pregnancy came. He was not wanted in our home. But he came to the conviction one day that, look, God created me unique and special. And I came to tell you this morning that you are a very special person. God created you special. Everything about yourself, your height, your tribe, your complexion, your, your gender, your facial appearance, everything, the fam- your family background, everything about yourself is, is unique because you are special. When we talk about confidence, we are talking about believing in your performance. If you have low self-esteem, you can never be confident. I'll show you a scripture. John chapter 7 verse 3, and then you give me the John chapter 8. His brothers therefore said to him, depart from here and go into Judea, that your disciple also may see that, they may see the works that you are doing. For no one does anything in secret while he himself seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. For even his brothers did not believe in him. Listen, Jesus, his brother didn't believe in him. There was a time his brother didn't believe that he can amount to anything. Listen, confidence is very important because most of the time, people will not believe in you. That's why you have to believe in yourself. Give yourself a break. I mean, you don't need everybody to validate your importance. You will be lost. Give me the scripture in John chapter 8. Let me show you something that will shock you. He said, then... Jesus answered and said to them, do then the Jews, sorry, 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 sorry. The Jews answered and said to Jesus, do we not say rightly that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? What did I? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. Listen, even Jesus, the son of God, in the days he walked the earth, not everybody believed in him. 
And are you greater than Jesus? They call him demon possessed. They call him Samaritan. You know, in, in, in Israel, in Bible days, when is it you are Samaritan? It's an insult. It means that you are not 100% Jew. It means that your mother went out against God's command to have sex with a Gentile, and you are born. It was an insult. And they told Jesus in the face, you are a Samaritan. You have a demon. How can Jesus, the son of God, be called a demon-possessed person? So I want you to get ready. In your lifetime, you will be called many things that you are not. Never believe it. In your lifetime, you will be called many names that you are not. Your teachers in school, your classmates, as for your enemies, let's not talk about it. Even your friends. Nobody, listen, confidence is very important because people won't believe in you, but in order to fulfill destiny, you need to believe in yourself. Believe in your value. Believe in your performance. Believe that you are good enough and you have something to offer. And the truth is that you have something to offer. The success of Jesus was because he was confident. Many times, there are many scriptures I couldn't read for you. Do you know what Goliath did when he saw David? If you read First Samuel 17, I want you to read it at home. The battles David had to go through to kill Goliath was more mental than physical. David fought more mental battle. The first battle was his brother. The brother said, I know your pride. What I, what I, what, why are you asking that kind of question? Why have you left those few sheep? The soldiers are talking. You two, you are here saying nonsense. And David said, is there no a cause? Everybody's running away from this uncircumcised Philistines. Well, somebody has to do something about it. His brother. When they took David to Saul, Saul said, this guy you are going to fight, he's been fighting from his youth and you are a youth. That means this guy has been fighting from the time you were born. Now, if you are going to win, they tell you things like this. Then Goliath himself, when he saw David, do you know what Goliath did? He started laughing. He said, ah, I thought I was going to face a real warrior. You brought... What did I, what are you carrying? Stones. Oh, <laughs> if you're not confident, but you throw those stones away and walk home. So, I think I can't. No, Bible said Goliath laughed and mocked. I'm sure he teased him. But David was resolute. He said, you come to me with sword and spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. Today, I'll kill you. I give your head, your body to the carcass. I take your head back to Israel so that you will know that the Lord has not delivered. You see, you have to be confident. Otherwise, there are some places you cannot go. There are some corridors of power you cannot enter there. Because people will be looking at you. They won't say anything, but their facial appearance is telling you, what are you doing here? You don't belong here. But you need to tell yourself, I belong here. And I'm, and I'm here to stay. I am not apologizing to anybody. <laughs> Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. Give us wisdom and understanding. Cost us to receive the grace to increase in stature. In this year of increase, in Jesus' name, amen. Hope you've been blessed by today's message. You can contact Reverend Hubert on 030-340-7970 or 024-33-11201. Remain blessed.